Um, you know, I was talking to Brenda and Frida back there, and you know, we're talking about the present day issues and problems we have in our world. It's a pretty tough place out there right now. And I've been trying to build some relationships with some, uh, some younger people that have no concept whatsoever about Christianity, about Christ, about salvation, about the end times. And, um, and so uh, uh, the, things uh, are getting pretty rough. They're getting pretty tough right now. And so, um, you know, I, I'm concerned about the next generation coming on. I'm concerned about uh, maybe Canaan and maybe some of our grandchildren or some of our younger children and what they're going to have to put up with and grow up with. And so I'm praying, I hope you'll be praying too, that as bad as it is now and it's going to be worse, and especially when we're taken out, it's really going to be bad. It's really going to be something else and tribulation period starts, but it's, it's pretty bad right now. And so... I'm praying that the Lord will come. I'm saying, Lord, you know, just, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And I'd like to see him come today, tomorrow, when just real quick. And I know a lot of people will be left behind, but um, I'd like to see the Lord come back now. And so 50 years from now, unless the Lord comes back, I, I know I won't be here. And, uh, but Cal uh, uh, will be... Uh, I'll be 90 years old and just kind of put it in perspective, son. But, um, <laughs> so, but think of those that will be here if the Lord tarries and don't come back in 50 years. Uh, think of that. And what we have is our children here, and we've got a few back there right now that are learning about Jesus. Just a few. Just a few. Our young adults, you know, they got other things to do. They're pretty busy. And their children are not in church. And so uh, I read somewhere in some book where we're to continue to meet together, even much more as we see the day approaching. And so it, it doesn't hurt to come Sundays and Wednesdays to church and meet together and be encouraged because we have a lot to endure if the Lord tarries. That's what I want to speak to you about tonight. Look, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 6. And I want to share with you about endurance. Endurance. 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 6. Paul says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now this message is to Timothy, but I'm telling you it's to us tonight. And then the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See the instructions, what we're supposed to be doing? You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Don't get so caught up in this life that we fail to prepare for what's coming. That he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So we're soldiers of Jesus Christ. We're going to be engaged in warfare. No one engages in warfare and entangles himself with the affairs of this life. 
So we know that we're in warfare every day. Every day, Shane taught and finish up this coming Sunday night on the spiritual armor. And also, verse 5, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned and he, until he completes according to the rules. So he's got a soldier that's going to have to endure. He has an athlete who's going to have to endure. And he's going to have to be willing to cross the finish line. And then verse uh, 6, the hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Look, if you will, at verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel. Drop down to verse 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Verse 12, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. We live in a world that has very little endurance. The word endurance means to stand. It means to take a stand. It means to stand, stand firm. It means to tolerate. It means to continue. You endure. You continue. Uh, there's men and women, boys and girls, who have little to no endurance. You're aware of that. I know Shane coaches basketball and and you'll have people that start and they what? They quit. Very little endurance. You'll have people take a job and what will they do? Two weeks, month, they'll quit. Won't they, Terry? And they have this expression, I was looking for a job when I found this one. You ever heard that? No endurance. Kind of seems right now it's easier to give up, quit than to continue, to take a stand, to tolerate. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul uses several word pictures to, to illustrate and to encourage us to endure. Verse 3, he refers to a soldier, a soldier, a soldier who will fight to the end, a soldier who'll, who'll, who you'll never hear the soldier say, I surrender. They'll fight to the death. He, he, he stays committed. He stays committed to the, to the people that he's fighting for. Uh, all the thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women who've given their lives for our country. They didn't quit. They charged hills and ran out of foxholes. And they just continued on. They, they endured until perhaps their life was taken or victory was won. And so the soldier endures, endures hardship, where it's raining or whether it's cold. I remember seeing a lot of movies, you know, and, and I remember talking to John Mason. John talking about how cold it got in Korea. He called it Korea. It got cold in Korea. <laughs> and he was from Vail Campbell, guys in Korea. 
and they went through this harsh winter and you got the cold, you got the heat, then you're fearful. You have the fear. But because they're committed to the people that they're fighting for, they endure to the very end. He's, he's, uh, he's simple-minded. This soldier's simple-minded. He's not sidetracked with other things going on. Can't be sidetracked and be a soldier in battle. You better know what's going on around you. He's willing to travel light, have small rations, not much food, have dirty clothes, go unshaven. But he sees the big picture. He knows there's victory in the end, and he's going to continue. He's going to endure. And so, first of all, you have the soldier who endures. Secondly, he mentions athletics. An athlete endures. I mean, um, during this period of time, Paul's time, you know, they had the Olympic Games, and, and even now, during our time, when, when they choose a city to host the Olympics, they'll choose a city five years in advance, maybe 10 years in advance, and they kind of work down to, to the final you know, decision. And, and the moment that city understands they're going to host the Olympics, they start preparing. They begin to prepare for those Olympic Games. But, but this preparation of the city... Uh, is, is, is not compared to the amount of preparation needed for an athlete that's participating in the Olympics. They go th through such rigorous training. They, most of them start at a very young age. Sometimes they make the Olympics. Sometimes they're not chosen to go on to the Olympics, and they've spent their teenage years up to... Um, mid-adult years, and then they get turned down, but, but many of them go on. Um, you know, it costs large sums of money for them to prepare, to, to work. Uh, they, they practice all time, daylight. They get up early. They practice till dark. Uh, they practice and practice and practice, and, and um, some have to move away from their home and go to other parts of our country to to participate in the Olympics. And uh, they have a, you know, they just, they just, they want to do whatever they have to do to take part in the Olympics. You know, they, they have special diets. That knocked me out right there as far as preparing for the Olympics. They have the uh, special diets. I have to have so much sleep. Social life is kind of put on hold. They go through the rigorous exercises, and they're willing to endure the soldier to win a battle, the athlete to win a contest, wanting to endure. So Paul uses a soldier to illustrate endurance. He uses an athlete to illustrate endurance. And then he uses a farmer. He said, uh, uh, in regards to the farmer, he says, remember, remember the farmer. Now, the farmer endures, but his endurance is a little different than the soldier or the athlete because the farmer has to endure disappointments. Now, I know an athlete does too, and a soldier does too, but not like the farmer. The farmer has to endure. He's got his crop out, and all of a sudden, the floods come. 
just got his seed in the ground, and he sees them wash off the hill into the creek. So what does he do? He endures. You know what he does? He dries up, and he goes out, and then he discs everything up, and he replants again. That's endurance. Or maybe he's got everything planted, and just like it is out in the, the Midwest or, or the South, I mean the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the Midwest primarily, and around the southeast, there's a drought going on right now. And um, they're concerned. I, I heard a farmer share his testimony this morning where they're bringing in, having to bring in water to water cows, water their cattle. And uh, during a drought, it's, it's hard for, to, to have uh, cows to, to, uh, to calf. And so... Uh, Cows, it's difficult for them to get pregnant this time of the year where they're trying to bring their, their new herd in. And uh, so there's a drought. So what does he do? Does he quit? No, he just, he just goes on. They just, uh, they plant again. If it destroys their crop, they just plant again. Uh, they just, they don't look at the crop and say, well, I quit. No, they don't do that. They just, they endure. So like the soldier, single-minded, we need to be single-minded where we can fight to the end. Like the athlete who disciplines themselves so they won't give up, we need to discipline ourselves where we can cross the finish line. And then like the farmer who doesn't give up because of a setback, we need to press on until we get finished, until we break through. And so the question is, and I ask myself, how's your endurance? How's your endurance? How's your endurance? Well, Hebrews chapter 12, look there just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look in verse 2, unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See the word endurance? Look what Christ endured. How could we quit? How could we give up? Therefore, notice what it says in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, therefore, the question is, what does that verse have to do with endurance? Well, the word therefore guides us all back to chapter 11. Look at chapter 11. Chapter 11 is this uh, hall of fame of faith. Chapter 11 is just filled with people. And I don't have time to, to go over each person, but it's filled with people. You've read it, You've read it before. Uh, look at verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Uh, verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so he did not see death. It was not found because God had taken him by faith. 
Verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Moses, um, Noah, uh, being divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to, to go out to the place where he would receive an inheritance. By faith, verse 9, verse 10, he wanted... Uh, he waited for that city which has no foundation, has foundation whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah. By faith. All this, this is the hall of fame of faith. So Hebrew, Hebrews 11 is filled with people who endured. Don't forget, it's all about enduring. Endured, they endured. So what's involved in enduring? If I'm going to have to endure, I need to know what's involved in it. Well, first of all, he refers to a cloud of witnesses. Now, a lot of people believe that there's people standing over the portals of heaven, looking over the edge of heaven, and they're seeing us. There's a cloud of witnesses looking down on us. That's, that's not what he's saying. He said, we, we're encouraged by their faith. We, they are witnesses of their faith. It's all about their faith. So when God's, people, when God's people left Egypt, they had a cloud that guided them. They had a, a cloud that guided them. And so today, Paul is saying, our cloud of witnesses are from the Word of God. And that includes people that we cannot see. But we can read about them and we can learn about their endurance. They endured. If they endured, we can endure. By faith, they endured. Heaven is filled with people who, by faith, endured. And so all of us need encouragers in our life. We need encouragers, someone to cheer us on. They're cheering us on. There are a cloud of witnesses there cheering us on. You can do it. You can make it. We did. You can that's the picture you get in Hebrews chapter 11. You're doing good. We're praying for you. I mean, you can make it. We made it. You can make it. you got to endure. Now, there's no doubt there's going to be some people that gloat when, over our failures. But at the same time, I pray that God will raise up encouragers for us. I need an encourager. Now, I'll take, I'll take at least one. But I need more than one. I'd like to have more than one. And every one of us, we need somebody to encourage us. When I, when I look back at that unseen cloud of witnesses, I think of old Joseph, who'd endured when his life seemed to be so unfair. His brothers, look what his brothers did to him. Think of David, who endured when he was... He was lonely and he was being chased, hiding in caves. I think of Moses who endured with a, over a million grumblers, complaining and grumbling all the time. I think of Peter who just stumbled and fell and got up and stumbled and fell again and got up, stumbled and fell again. My dad, I think he was an encourager. My dad was an encourager. and I'd go to him and I'd ask him, you know, what should I do with this? 
and uh, what should I do about this and what about this and and he said something I'll never forget it he he said son you'll you'll never go wrong doing right man that was encouraging I was able to do things I never thought I would do because I knew it was the right thing to do and I wouldn't go wrong by doing right so we are fellow runners in the race and there's a cloud that surrounds us And so we need to surround ourselves with encouragers if we're going to endure. Find you an encourager. Have a prayer partner. Encourage someone else. You see someone down and low, encourage them. I thought of a young, I thought of a little girl that, oh, she's she's gone so far, and that's Judah. And I went back and I asked uh, Kyle to, to show you how she made it with some encouragement. Let, look at this little 30 second video, if you would. Cloud of witnesses, encouraging. That's what we need to be. Said that encouragement, man, she never crawled before. And they were really, that was her cloud of witnesses. I believe we might have one short. I remember she'd never crawled, and now she's trying something new, a, walk, uh, a little walker. You can do anything. You got people like that behind you. See what he's talking about with our cloud of witnesses. And so we need we need to be encouragers. See somebody down, hey man, you can make it. You can you can make it. So we need to surround ourselves with encouragers. If we're gonna endure, we're gonna endure. So to endure, we need encouragement from others. To endure, we need to lay aside everything that hinders us. Chapter 12, verse 1, he tells us to lay it, lay it aside. Notice what he said. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, lay, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance a race that is set before us. And so identify your hindrances. What's your weight? What's hindering you from enduring? What is it? What's hindering you? What is, uh, what, uh, he says, lay aside your weights. What's, what does lay aside your weights mean? 
means to identify those things in your life that would want to make you quit and would want to make you slow down. And it might be less, you may need to lay aside some friends, maybe some relatives you need to lay aside. They're hindering and slowing you down. Lay aside hobbies, lay aside habits, lay aside uh, whatever that seems to hold you down from enduring and pressing on. Lay aside the sin. Now, what's the difference between the sin and the weight? He says, lay aside the weight. Now he says, lay aside the sin. And so a sin is specific disobedience to God. Those specific things you know that are disobedient to God, you need to lay those aside. A weight is, is more... A, a weight is more subtle. It, it's not as easy to see, but it kind of slows you down. But a sin is obvious. Now notice he says, I lay aside the sin. The sin, that's singular. Because Satan knows which sin will throw you off. He knows which sin. So be careful. There's, there's a certain sin that Satan will come at you with that will hinder your endurance. So it's a sin you deal with on a, on a constant basis. It's, it's a besetting sin. Lay aside those besetting sins. Those things you deal with have to deal with all the time. So it's the sin you thought that you'd conquered, but all of a sudden it's back again. It's a besetting sin. Notice chapter 12, verse 1. He says, let us run with endurance. And so the Christian race is it's not easy. There, there's always a battle. There's no gliding in the Christian. Uh, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. You just don't just kind of glide in your Christian life. You, you'll deal with the flesh. You'll deal with the world. You'll deal with the devil uh, until you die. We, we all do that. Okay? So regardless of our age, the devil has... Uh, the devil has incredible endurance. So running the race involves standing for something, standing, standing, enduring, standing against something, enduring, laying aside on purpose the weights that bog us down, the sin that defeats us, then run with endurance. To run with endurance, we have to run with the correct motivation Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, when, when Judah was, when she was in the walker, or when she was trying to call, crawl, there were, she had the encouragers on the side of her, but she had one in front of her that said, come on, come on, come on, give me five, give me five, come on, come on. Look to your author and finisher of your faith. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the one who endured the cross so that you and me can, you and I could endure. We have to keep focused on him. Remember Peter? Jesus told him to get out of the boat and come to him, and he did a good job until what? He took his eyes off of Jesus, the author and the finisher of his faith. So Peter's key to the walking on the water is our key. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And so the question is, do you want to endure? So listen to those that are encouraging you, making sure you're in church with, 
with that present crowd of witnesses. That's why church attendance is so important. You're surrounded with a cloud of witnesses to pray with you, to encourage you. We're all here to help each other. <clears throat> Lay aside that whatever slows you down. Put aside the sin that gets you off course. Don't look back. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't quit. Endure. Stick it out. I read this years ago where a woman goes to Special Olympics each year. And she goes for one reason. She goes to cheer. She sits in the stands and she watches and she cheers those that run the race with disabilities. She just goes to cheer them on. They get distracted real easy. They get confused which way to run. They have to concentrate on their limbs that really don't want to cooperate. You got a lot of things going on in Judah's life when she's trying to crawl or when she's trying to push. But running beside each runner, just like Judah, running beside each runner in those Special Olympics, every runner had an encourager that runs along beside them. They run and they keep calling out their name and they praise them and they, they discourage them from looking around. Don't look around. Don't look around. Look straight. Keep your eyes. Keep your eyes. Keep your eyes on the finish line. Keep your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. But then at the finish line, they had an encourager running beside them. They had chairs in the, in the stands. And then at the finish line, they had a hugger. A hugger. All they did was to hug them. They hugged them, just hugged them. They win because they finished the race. They need to listen to the encourager in the stand. They need, to, they need to have personal encouragement, somebody running with them. And they need to keep their eyes on the hugger at the finish line. All of us have our disabilities, we really do. And there are encouragers along the way here at Mountain View Baptist Church. But really, when it all boils down, we need to just keep our eyes focused on the hugger at the finish line, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for speaking to my heart tonight, and I pray for each person here. As we go out from here to the world tomorrow, and God, I pray that we'll endure. I thank you for all those encouragers here at the church that encourages us to go on and help us, Lord, for the first time, perhaps we, we never looked at ourselves as being an encourager, but we are. We are. We can tear people down or we can lift people up. So help us to be the encourager, but help us all just keep focused on the finish line, looking for, that author, for the author and the finisher of our faith. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. You're dis